Ladies, gentlemen, folks beyond the binary, grab your husband, wife, partner, mistress, your wife's boyfriend, your teenage girlfriend's dad, and gather around your radios. It's time for this week's meeting of the Erotic Thriller Club. a handsome mediocre writer that just moved to a new city why live in squalor with the pores when you can live in a rich couple's guest house the only caveat being that the rich couple is almost never home and their 14 year old daughter will stop at nothing to fuck us wait what no this week on the erotic thriller club <laughs> the crush god, god <laughs> damn it Garrett. <laughs> You fucking got me. Oh, hey, everybody, no. welcome to this the Erotic Thriller hello, Club. I'm hello, your host, hello. Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, Kit Hi. Ryan. Hello, I'm Kit Ryan. God damn it. <laughs> oh, boy, this one was a roller coaster, wasn't it? And not like a roller coaster, like in fear that we'll uh, get to eventually. This movie is a fucking trip. Like, you know, I don't know. We started with Zandali. We moved on to Fatal Attraction. Now we've hit the crush. The crush is such a specific, I don't know. There's like this subgenre of the erotic thriller where grown up wants to fuck child and it's yes. icky. It's super icky. And I, part of me wonders if it's like an extension of the idea that you see in some horror movies, like, um, like the omen where it's like this fear of children um and and the power that they might secretly be evil and 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 come after us and that no one will ever believe you because we assume children are innocent i think what make this one makes me a little uncomfortable too a little because, well, because a lot of these movies you're watching a high school kid played by a 30 year old Yes. And this one, we are watching somebody who's supposed to be 14 played by somebody who turned 16 on this set. Yeah, I, I'm not super cool with the fact that real life 30 something Cariel was ha like kissed 15 or 16 year old Alicia Silverstone for the for the movie. And like. Well, she wasn't a pan emancipated minor for oh, this Oh, well, movie. in that case. <laughs> she was. She had to become emancipated at the age of 15 so that she could uh, basically work adult hours. Which is just 
that is intentionally like skirting the laws that are there for a reason to keep children from like working in a factory and losing their tiny little fingers in the machines and and you those rules are there for a reason and maybe some of those rules were so that you wouldn't get exploited by movie studios who want to make you kiss a 30 year old man do you think warner brothers was like this feels icky let's send them to canada Because, like, this movie full-on has the vibes of a straight-to-video movie, but this was, like, this is Warner Brothers. Morgan Creek did this. I mean, at that time, I'm trying to think, like, what else would have come out? Like, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Like, Morgan Creek was putting out, like, big fucking movies at the time. Didn't they do Robin Hood, too? The Prince of Thieves, not Men in Tights, which was the Carrie Elwes one, hilariously. How do you say his name? Elwes. Elwes. Oh I think God. you said Elway. I don't know. Who knows? It's Elwes. So we, we've Googled it. Somebody I've said his name wrong my entire life. Uh, but yeah, you are, you are correct there. And uh, I mean, okay, I do need to say this before we just dive into the movie. Um, something fucking crazy. The writer director of this movie claims that this happened to him. No. No. He cl- he wrote this based on a thing that happened to him, which is to me like is like a Playboy like magazine, like dear Playboy, I never thought this would happen to me. Well, I think that this is the tale of a mediocre writer who had a child after him. Which is like, but- let's all be clear here: it's not that unusual for like a teenager to get a crush on a grown adult. Um, it's just like, even, even the, the woman in the movie, uh, his coworker says like, that's not unusual. You have to be the adult. And like, it's weird that he had that experience and he turned it into this. It's weird that he had that experience and was willing to say it out loud. It's even, yeah. Cause like, if yeah. he pissed this off, like, cause yeah, throughout the movie, like there is a point when Carrie Elwes is like. I want to fuck this child, but I ain't. And even the fact that this writer would be like, this is based off of me wanting to fuck a child, child, but don't worry. I thought about it. I sure did want to. So here's the craziest shit. And I don't know if you caught this as you were watching it. Uh, So this guy, when he wrote the movie, used the real person. It was based off name. The real wait, the real child's name? The child, correct. Oh my assume, Oh my god. By the time by the time it came out, like that would have been yeah, she I assume. But a, still, she was a minor at the time it happened. There's a reason that like we don't come on, man. So her name was Darian. And they filmed this whole movie using the name Darian. It was released in theaters with the name Darian. The trailer says Darian for home video and cable, which is the version we saw. They went back and ADR'd the name Adrian in every single time her name is said. I did not notice that. Not at all. So I, the movie is on Tubi for anyone that wants to watch it. I actually went the route of, I didn't want to watch commercials. I ended up buying it on iTunes and add special features. Now you own this. Now I own it. So I got to watch Kurtwood Smith, Red Foreman, 
from that 70s show or the bad guy in RoboCop plays her dad in this movie. And there's a long interview with him. And he said, after the movie came out, somebody approached him and was like, why is it so weird in parts? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He went back and found it on cable, watched it. So everywhere they ADR'd this, they didn't get the actors back in the room to do it. They brought in just people. So there are full on scenes in this movie kit where when Kurtwood Smith is talking, it is a whole string of dialogue and a different man's voice. And you can tell. I was not paying close enough attention, though. I was probably too busy writing Carrie No in my notes, which I did <laughs> many, many times. Yeah, let's now get I feel going. like I have to go rewatch it to look for this, but I don't want to rewatch it because it made me very anxious for a long time. It's worth a rewatch. I'm going to tell everyone up front this movie fucking rules it's cringy but it's insane in the way i want these movies to be insane okay Let's get movie starts we got carrie elwes looking for a great an 90s music playing in the background too i want to point out like it's not a song like, i recognize but it fit that vibe really well yeah like uh, i feel like a lot of the songs i could see being in buffy the vampire slayer absolutely or like things that were played in the bronze like the club and the the show um, he's looking for an apartment though, and like there's the too many pores around. In the newspaper classifieds, which I loved. That's so delightfully old timey. Which is funny because the apartments he's looking at in this oh. movie probably cost fifteen grand a month now. Well, yeah, doesn't it isn't it supposed to take place in Seattle? I think Did they ever said. actually I say where he was? I think it says it in the beginning that it like flashes up on screen that he's in Seattle. I don't wrong. know if that's true. They would have shown the Space Needle or something to like establish <laughs> like we are in. I think they're in I a nondescript city. I mean, I could be wrong, um, but he's he's so yes. He, the apartments that he is looking at are all uh, there's too many poor people. It's too noisy. <laughs> whatever. And then he finds, of course, the perfect place. Yeah, you just go to the rich neighborhood, look for a sign that says, come to our guest house. He goes, talks to the people. They're like, they're very nice, but you know what? They're out of town a lot, and they're 14-year-old daughter. That's a bad thing. Well, actually, before he even gets there, he has what I'm going to refer to as a meet-cute manslaughter. Ooh, that is such a good phrase for it, because I also wrote down in my notes that like I love an almost-kill meet-cute. But me cute manslaughter, that that snaps. It sounds like a cannibal corpse song. Like I've definitely seen cannibal corpse where they're like, this next song is called Fucked with a Knife. But uh <laughs> Meet Me Cute Manslaughter, I think, would is a banger. Uh yeah, so he almost hits Alicia Silverstone with his car. She gives him a sassy look. He's She's a, on roller I... skates because she is terminally 90s. She has a an incurable case of the 90s. And she's a fucking baby uh he he sees the mom and she's like she's a little what we call headstrong i didn't get anything weird out of him almost hitting her with the car like it it felt very normal um but he he immediately just like moving in this place rules house is nice uh i can throw parties in their backyard and swim in the neighbor's pool i guess like they don't seem to mind that i smoke cigars inside 
It's the guest house. What do they care? Let's see. So we set up that uh, Tara from Buffy is Alicia Silverstone's friend. She sends her in to go oh, take a look at him. Yeah. And she's, she basically comes out and is like, he's hot. He's old. He's 28. But he's hot. And I to will a 14 say. 14-year-old that is old. Carrie always is fucking hot in this movie. He's cute. I really uh was was digging his vibe. I I like yeah. I mean he's it's like, like the exact same age he was when he made uh uh Robin Hood Men in Tights, and he's so cute in that. It really makes me I mean, other than the movie is like kinda shitty. <laughs> I mean shitty in the best way. I, full compliments to the chef that made this movie. Uh, because I love it. But he's like, he is so handsome in this movie. I could have absolutely seen him continue on as a heartthrob. And uh, it just, the cards just didn't play for him, you know? I can't explain why, because, I mean, everyone loved him in Princess Bride as the handsome lead. So, I don't know. So, next thing Carrie you know, always... people up. <laughs> yes. So, Carrie always gets to his job at Peak Magazine, uh, where his boss immediately was like, I, we hired you because you're a great detective and kind of a shitty writer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're good at chasing down a story. It's just that when you write the story, it's not good. Man, I, I can't think of like a whiter man thing to just like get a really good job and then be like, but you're not very good at it. Right, absolutely. Uh, but like it, it goes out of its way early to establish that he's like a handy, practical guy. He's working on his car. He's fixing the stove or something when Alicia Silverstone first walks into, or when Alicia Silverstone's friend walks in to see him for the first time. And so, like, he, you get the feeling that he's going to be the kind of guy who is a a person who fixes problems, right? A very practical person. And not, because he's not a good writer, not going to be good at communicating, which turns out to be true. <laughs> the, the part about fixing problems, not so much. The, the part about not being good at communicating absolutely is true. So the first, like, real meeting between them, Carrie always is sitting in his office, his apartment writing in a Hawaiian shirt, smoking a cigar. He's sweaty as fuck. This place, this is the perfect apartment for an erotic thriller because it just immediately gives you that sexy glisten. Yes. There's no air conditioning in here for sure. He's got the little short shorts on. And then Alicia Silverstone comes in and starts asking too many fucking questions. I would feel so uncomfortable talking to a 14 year old in any context. Okay. Well, let alone I, like I've, being alone I've worked with one. in schools before, so I can say that like, I am perfectly comfortable with talking with 14 year olds and this is very much how they act. Like just wandering in and asking a bunch of questions and also like trying to push boundaries in, in a few ways as well. It's all very normal. And honestly, the way Kyria was, is reacting to her at first is perfectly acceptable. Like it's the way you should talk to a 14 year old. You, you answer their questions and you humor them a little and you, you don't do anything inappropriate, you know? He does ask, are you actually 14? She's almost 15. Yeah. And then we get to really the first inappropriate 
interaction between them. After this conversation, he goes for a sweaty, he goes for a jog, gets all sweaty and just a sweaty, sexy uh-huh, uh-huh. jog. He comes back, he gets in the shower. Alicia Silverstone just barges in. Talking and to him through the door. Just, that's where he should have established boundaries, right? I am in I am in the shower. You need to leave. We we can talk later. Also, he should have closed the fucking door. Why did he not close the bathroom door? Like, as soon as he realized someone else was in his home. Kit, it's because this is an erotic thriller and this is the first time we see ass in the movie. That's true. That Carrie butt shot is chef's kiss. It's so, it's it's a nice butt. But you know it's not his. There's no face. You're not just going to show a butt. butt if you is. just, I nice see, dude. I have a hard time uh, just suspending my disbelief when I see a butt with no face. Mm. Unless there is a face attached to the top of that butt then that is a stunt butt. And I like a stunt butt. I approve of the stunt butt. Like, I, I appreciate all these the people work. out there, yes, who are like hand models doing like, you know, the insert shots for like showing a ring on a finger or something in an ad. Like, some people have great butts and they deserve this work. Garrett, don't put them out of a job. But this 14-year-old saw his butt. Yes. And immediately... Was like, I want this is the start of a horny rage for her. Yes. And for listeners, if you find yourself in this situation, this exact situation, what you do is you go to the girl's parents immediately, immediately and say, say, Hey, I was in the shower. She came And your daughter just walked in. First of all, I want new locks so that I can lock my door. Right. And second of all, you need to have a conversation with your daughter about respecting my space right but he doesn't do that because he's a little horny probably probably i mean uh, first of all i i have to say just as a side note i love the way that her character sits on chairs it's exactly the way i do where like she'll sling a leg over the arm of a chair she sits on things so stupidly in just the same way I do, where you're just like sprawled the fuck out. I really appreciated that detail. And it reminded me of the story about when she was chosen to um, to be in Clueless, that it was because the I think the story is that the director saw the way she drank her soda by moving her face down to the straw instead of picking up the cup and bringing the straw to her face. And she thought that was like such an interesting way of doing things that she was like, this is the girl. And I'm like, I would do that. We have. So you feel a connection to Alicia Silverstone as far as her choices. I mean, also I understand that like she skipped two grades. Like I skipped a grade and was young for my age. Any like for my grade anyway. So like, I get which one did you, you skip? Um, it, technically, I did kindergarten and first grade at the same time. Wow. Yeah, I did. You were first, like first grade in the mornings and kindergarten in the afternoons. It was a hippie school. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, Carrie is invited to go to um, the fancy rich people party at the big house, and everyone's there in their tux not tuxes but suits and gowns 
and we find out Alicia Silverstone can play the piano really well. And uh, then he says the thing. Care. This is the first time I wrote Carrie no. And it is when he says, if you were 10 years older. You'd what? And then she's like, take me in your piece of shit car and let's get out of here. And for some reason. That's the second time I wrote Carrie no. <laughs> for some reason. It is funny how shitty his car. It gets better. But like he's sanded it down. He It basically looks like Ace Ventura's car. <laughs> and, uh, which since they were both Morgan Creek around the same year, it may have just been Actually recycled. Been. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if he just forgot what kidnapping is. But he does take this 14-year-old girl to a lighthouse uh, where they kiss. He does not resist. He After does, the and kiss, he holds like, it way, way, way too long. He He does not immediately pull back. And he never says, like, oh, no, no, that's bad. He's just like, oh, we should go. Not okay, my dude. Not Not even close to okay. It's this movie's so icky and like it's icky that it, the director says this is a movie about a thing that happened to him. God, it's I hope even, you don't mean that part. It's even icky that like Carrie always had to do that. Mm-hmm. Like I feel bad for Alicia Silverstone. Yeah. And I, I read an interview somewhere that there was something where they definitely tried to get her to do more in this movie. That you shouldn't oh, no. be getting trying to get like a four like a fifteen or sixteen year old to do. It's just mm. I don't know. This movie's fucking icky. He kisses her at the lighthouse. And at that moment, I shouted at my TV, Red Foreman's gonna beat your ass. <laughs> oh, uh, we also find out that um this 14-year-old girl rewrote his article for work. And did it better than him. And that, like, it made the front page or whatever without them doing any editing on it. Because she had secretly rewritten it. And, like, how fucking sad. You are a grown man and a professional writer. And a literal 14-year-old just wrote your, your work better than you. Well, it has been established that she is not your average 14-year-old. She is... Gifted. Um, she gifted. Well, one, she's gifted and he's a shitty writer. So... Mm, that balances the yeah, He wrote the base of the article. She did some high-level punch-up on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, tightened up the jokes and... Uh... Which he was not super thrilled with because I don't know if you've ever like started a job or been asked to do something and you do kind of a purposefully shitty job to set the bar somewhere where all you have left to do is impress. Mm. She fucking snuck in and set the bar too high for a guy who can't replicate that. And that's where I thought the movie was going to go. I thought it was going to be that he would ask her to help him with the writing. And like, that's where, you know, things would start to devolve as, you know, they get a little too close. That is not what happened. Instead, I guess he just resigned himself to being like, well, everything I do from now on is not going to be as good. Hope hope my boss is okay with that. 
honestly the next several scenes are pretty much just him looking out a window at her in a bikini yeah that's where i wrote carrie no stop looking out your window i do love we need to mention his his best work friend amy is cute uh, she's the two-face from seinfeld i don't remember that where she looks really pretty in certain lighting, and then in the next lighting, she's very ugly, and Jerry never knows which uh, lady he's going to go on a date with. And he finds one restaurant with one booth with good lighting where she looks good, and that's the only place he lets them go on dates for the rest of the episode. Oh my god. No, I have not seen that episode. Yikes. Well, it's Amy from this movie. Uh, The first moment in this movie where Alicia Silverstone shows her crazy. Mm-hmm. He's having a barbecue at their house and he has basically all of his work friends show up to this barbecue. And as they show up, I'm trying to remember how exactly she phrases it, but Alicia Silverstone comes up and's like, Hey darling, Nicholas mm-hmm. or something like that. And Amy like makes kind of a joke about it. And then he's like, Oh, this is my landlord's kid really downplays the fact that he was smooching. And you can tell that this is on purpose that he is trying to like, if I show this girl that I have, you know, romantic interests, my own age, she will surely give up and, and uh, leave me alone. She doesn't. She does not. She does not. Uh, Amy has to go get some some marshmallow and sticks in the woods. <laughs> Alicia Silverstone follows her into the woods. They see some yellow jackets. She be, she's very menacing. She creeps her out with wasp facts, which is new. <laughs> if a 14-year-old starts throwing around the scientific name for uh, a species, be alert. Yeah, be alert. You've either got like a future jeopardy champion mm-hmm. or an absolute psychopath yep. on your case yep 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 yep. and that's and when that's around the time when amy gives the appropriate warning of like hey this girl clearly has a crush on you and that's fine i've had it happen to me before it's not a big deal it's just remember you have to be the adult here and instead of him being like oh of course uh, I, uh, why why would I be anything but the adult here? I certainly wouldn't kiss her in the moonlight at a lighthouse. Um, instead, and he's like, that sounds very specific. <laughs> <laughs> no, instead he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. She doesn't have a crush on me. Okay. So, <laughs> and, oh. once again, we get to... I, the the fucking pool thing where she's like laying in her bikini. Mm-hmm. He's looking out the window like, leave Stop me looking. alone. Stop looking out and the window. And she's like, I'm on my period. That was the weirdest Ugh. thing. When she was like, I've got my period, so I'm not pregnant. Not that there's any reason I would be. And I was like, this is the, stop it. No. And then she steals his picture of him as a child with his grandfather. And he specifically says it's the only copy he has of this. And then it she asks earlier in the movie, like, oh, can I have it? Which is such a weird thing to ask. And he's like, no, it's my only copy. And so now it's missing. And he knows that she did it. And so, like, this is the time when you need to talk to the, like, not, we already said you need to talk to her parents. But, like, 
definitely, you need to talk to her parents. She keeps coming into my space. I can see that she's been messing with my stuff and some of it is missing. And I need you to have a conversation with her and I want new fucking locks. You know what you don't do in this situation, Kit? What don't I do? You don't sneak into the house while the parents are away and just start snooping the fuck around. Snooping around in the 14-year-old girl's bedroom, like pulling her panties out from under the bed and then like shoving them back under there. Like what the fuck? You see the panties, you leave the panties alone. You you can take a peek out of the corner of your eye. It's not to- like it looked like a picture frame and you thought it was what you were looking for. And if you hear the girl in the shower and you hear her coming, I don't even know what you do in that room because, because I wouldn't you shouldn't be in the room part. in the first place. Also, I love that they decorated the room very flowery. You can see all of her little pony figurines um, because she is cl- clearly still a child. He hides in the closet. As he's in the closet, he bumps into something. Alicia Silverstone knows he's in the closet, so she starts undressing. Gives him and a little here- show. So, yes, it's uncomfortable. Carrie always shouldn't be here. But now we're entering where the adults making this movie shouldn't have done this either. We see a stunt butt for Alicia Silverstone twice. Yeah, the butt for butt, want- butt parody. I know that I looked at an adult's butt in that shot. Yes. But they try, they're selling me that I'm looking at a child's butt. Yeah. It's, in and many ways, like- it's like it's like copying, like, uh, like if you put a, a kid's face, right, photoshopped onto an adult body, right? That's weird and not okay. This is a real shame on the studio, shame on the adults that made yes. this, which honestly, it seems like the guy who made this probably snuck into a child's closet at some point. So... She leaves the room. He runs away right as he's opening the fucking door. Red Foreman is coming in with his groceries. And I once again shouted, Red Foreman beat his ass. Oh, yeah. 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 This is where I'm getting excited, Kit. The, The most exciting moment in this whole movie to me. Red Foreman asks for some help with the bags of shit he's carrying in. They open the attic. They climb, they have to use a stick to pull down the thing. They pull the ladder down. They go up into the attic. Seems like a normal attic until the camera pans about 180 degrees. There is a full-size carousel in the attic of this home. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can't mm -hmm. emphasize the size of this attic enough. There is a Mm full-size, functioning Mm -hmm. carousel. Yeah. In this room. And it's it's obviously a, a Chekhov's carousel. It's going to come back in some dangerous way. But I could not fathom how. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping it never came back. And that it was just a weird detail in a stupid movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then he's like making up a lie about why he was in the house. Like, oh, I was returning a book that your 14-year-old daughter lended me. And then she comes up and uh, he's like, oh, I was showing him your, your carousel. And she's like, it's not my carousel. It's your carousel, dad. 
I ride real horses now. Which don't get me started on fucking horse girls. You know <laughs> horse girls? Of, I mean, my best friend in like elementary and middle school was a horse girl through and through. Had the Lisa Frank pictures on the wall. Um, just desperately loved them. Did she have a pony? Like, did she have a horse that she no, like, we did weren't, the competitions? We and... were not rich enough. She was like an as- aspirational horse girl. Not a not a real horse girl, because we, we, nobody had that kind of money. Both versions of horse girl, like the horse girl that has the horse and horse girl that aspires to have the horse. Mm-hmm. It's a weird, I don't know. Horse girls have a very specific energy, and I think it's the energy of a 14-year-old <laughs> might try and fucking kill an adult it is a it is a particular type of intensity i think that you know um you don't necessarily expect out of what is otherwise a very like i mean like so you meet a a little boy and he's like obsessed with trucks or trains or aquaman or whatever chances are that boy's interests are going to change so yeah he's super obsessed and will talk to you very passionately about it for like six months then he's going to move on to something else horse girls are horse girls for life you think that the the star wars and marvel fandom is toxic you get on horse girl reddit and you see some shit (laughs) (laughs) really you think piebalds are the best Fuck you. It get, it, and just the racism. I'm just, I don't know. I'm not, I, you know, I'm sorry. I don't want to call out the horse girls. I'm sorry, I don't know. Horse girls. No, I love, don't get me wrong. I love some of that horse girl energy because it brings, you know, the, the passion and the, the intensity, which can be a very good thing. You know, um, it's just, Maybe that'll translate into, you know, some real boss babe energy in the future. But for right now, it's black beauty energy. Mm. Oh, I just well. don't like the I don't like the clip clopping and the fancy clothes. It's just it's a uh, You don't like little horsey dancies? Like there's a point in this movie, like a few scenes down where she is trying to get Nick to come to the the horse show. Mm-hmm. And like I can't think of anything I want to do less oh than go God. to a 14-year-old's horse show. I mean, I can think of a few things I'd like to do less. Mm. A nine-year-old's to... horse show, because they're not as good. The nine-year-old is less apt to try and fucking kill me. <laughs> it's a good point. I don't know many nine-year-olds that are going to cut their um their rivals uh saddle or whatever so that they fall and break their arm if only because a nine-year-old wouldn't think of it so so back in the attic red form is basically like i he's like i don't know if you've noticed but my daughter's blossoming into a young woman and oh boy was that a weird thing i fucking saw my man i saw and he's like well i'll cut your dick off (laughs) that part was my favorite of the whole movie you could tell this actor is having a blast holding i don't even know what tool it was like a 
like a wire cutter or some shit talking about cutting a, a kid's dick off if he wants to fuck his daughter. Like, I loved it. it he was clearly having fun with being in this movie. Uh, he finally tells her, like, I like you, but I like you as a friend. You got to leave me alone. And uh, and that's when it starts getting nasty. She's like, you ever do a virgin? And he's like, God, stop. No. Stop saying dirty stuff to me. That's like, he realizes at this not... point he's fucked up. Yeah, he realizes he's fucked up and that, like, it's almost impossible for him to talk to, uh, like, her parents about this now because the daughter will rightly say... He snuck into my room and watched me undress. Um, and he's not good at lying, so he will not be able to convince them he did not do that. Um, but yeah, this is where the car thing happens. Yeah, so Nick, I said he had the shitty car earlier because he's been doing so good at work, uh, thanks to his 14-year-old uh, Ghost writer. Yeah. <laughs> He gets this beautiful paint job on his 1960s whatever car. Uh, it looks great, but as he unveils it right on top is scratched in the words cocksucker, which according to the director, that is a direct thing that happened. But on his car, it said, Alan, whoever sucks cock. Wow. I'm surprised he didn't use his own name. If he's like throwing the girl's name. Because he doesn't want people to think he's a mediocre writer. A mediocre writer and sex pest. And sex pest. So she puts cocksucker on his car and Nick has the fucking balls. Yes. In this situation to mm -hmm. tell on her to her parents. Can Instead you, like, of just breaking the lease. Just break the lease. Leave. You kissed a 14-year-old, my friend. You already fucked, fucked up. You fucked. You fucked up. She can fuck your shit up all she wants because you can go to jail. Like you're done. Like how you're are done. you going to explain this to her to her parents? Like they were like why like they're going to be like why do you think she would do that? What are you going to say? Oh, because I kissed her and then watched her undress and then told her I didn't actually want to have sex with her and now she's mad. Like that explanation Ain't gonna fly. So you need to get out of Dodge. Leave. I love that when he walks outside to go back to his car, he's like taping, uh, he's taping cardboard over cocksucker. And Cheyenne, who is Tara from Buffy, runs up and is like, I need to tell you about Adrian. Tonight, behind the orchard. And then scampers away in the weirdest, like, I wouldn't trust that either. No. This guy has too many 14-year-old friends. Yeah, my immediate thought was that it was a trap, like that it was a trick somehow. But it turns out that is not true, that she really did want to talk to him about Adrian. And Adrian picked up on that and now knows that her friend is trying to talk to the man she wants to fuck. And she, of course, assumes that this is now a sexual rival. And guess what happened? She gets fucking horse girled. Yeah, never piss off a horse girl. I, th I honestly, I thought she was gonna like Christopher Reeves her, but like she, it worked out fine. It was like, an she attempted up in a murder. It, it was an yeah. attempted murder. It just didn't succeed. Also, though, but then he's there waiting behind the orchard for Cheyenne smoking to show a up, cigarette. smoking a cigarette, and wearing I shit you people not a pen 
state sweatshirt. I don't know if this movie was prescient or if someone in the wardrobe department had heard that there's some shady shit going on at Penn State. <laughs> Just waiting for his 14-year-old friends. And when she pops up, he's like, I thought you were Cheyenne. And she's Because like, I had a meeting with my other 14-year-old friend. <laughs> Which is a totally normal thing for me, a 28-year-old man, to do. Then next shot, Amy's coming over to Nick's house and the little girl's sitting on the steps and's like, he kissed me at the lighthouse. Yeah, like, he took me to make out point. We find out that like she deleted some of his work files, which were super important. And while he's home, like getting his locks changed finally. Finally. And typing up on his computer. He looks down and he sees a little hidden door under his rug. Kit, he goes down into a room and finds the most Helga Pataki, Hey Arnold (laughs) shit. Oh, I forgot about that from Hey Arnold. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It is fucking terrifying. It is a shrine to him. With lit candles, meaning she goes down there regularly. Which it's weird that there's a hidden door that leads down to there because he clearly is living like above a garage. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could see why <laughs> there'd be like a way to get from the garage to like the room above the garage, but presumably there's a way to get in there from the ground floor as well. And the, right? it's, it's not, not like, like this a, is a hidden underground room. No, like, this is he just lives the first up... floor and he lives on the second floor. And like her dad should have, somebody should have gone in the garage at a point and been like, there is a shrine to the man that lives here. No, dad Um, does all of his handy DIY projects in the attic next to the carousel. He never goes to the garage. (laughs) That's true. The attic is, the attic is much more spacious as well. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Adds a whole nother floor to the house. But yeah, super fire hazard. Uh, and then immediately goes back upstairs and just nails that trap door shut because uh, he's afraid of the shrine to himself. While she just keeps calling and calling and calling and leaving like a hundred like answering machine messages. He finally tries to get a new place. Uh, the landlady is like, yeah, we can get you in in a week. I don't understand why he slept another night in that place. Ask a coworker if you can crash on their couch, right? Um, get him fucking Go sleep motel. at Amy's house. Yeah. Don't bring sleep Amy Amy's to house. your house. Don't bring Amy to your... Yeah, that's the thing is Amy sleeps over at his house and it's like, why the fuck would you do that? Go sleep at her house. Like, do and not spend another up. night after you have found a shrine to you in the same fucking plot of land as the person who made that shrine. Don't sleep there. He wakes up. And Adrian is at the fucking foot of their bed. And then he jumps and she's gone. Staring at the... Yeah, you got fucking new locks and left your window open, you goddamn genius. Man, this girl, though, like, he hears banging and he goes to investigate. And she is just going fucking ham in the kitchen, smashing something. And when Adrian gets mad, Adrian gets sweaty. And when Adrian gets sweaty, Adrian's insane. Yeah, and she's like, I'm making lemonade because she's it's cutting really, up lemons. It's really the uh, the fatal attraction. Like, everybody's having fun. She's crying in a, 
room looking in the middle distance. Yeah, yeah. Only instead of staring at the wall and turning the light switch on and off, she's chopping away at lemons like it's cutting firewood. Next morning, Amy tries to tell Adrian, this is just a crush. I've had this before. It's going to pass. Like, you'll realize this was just a crush. Uh, She says something shitty, leaves, goes to her her, uh, dark room to develop some film, Uh, undoes a lock, goes in. Adrian immediately closes that lock. I don't understand how Adrian managed to to find her because- one of these people is in a car and the other is on roller skates. So how the hell did you track her all the way back to her house? I would say she's equally as savvy as Lex from Jurassic Park, who when discovered <laughs> an interactive CD-ROM was mm-hmm. able to uh, reroute all of the electrical systems and shit within Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I would think that she had an interactive CD-ROM and probably just um, did whatever the 1993 version of Googling someone's address is. Oh, it's called Yellow Pages or White Pages. Oh, a, f- a book! She looked yeah, it up a in book. the White Pages, yeah. You're right. I forgot about those. Did you? Because I definitely remember looking up, like, my friend's phone numbers in it. Like, Yeah, I did up until yeah. I never had to do it ever again. and. You know what's wild to me is, like, the idea that, like, nowadays, if someone puts my fucking address on the internet for everyone to see, I would be so angry. Like, what the fuck? You put my name and my address and my phone number where everybody can see it. Horrifying. Back then, we did that on purpose. Yeah, otherwise, how will anyone call me? So I'm just going to put... All my sensitive information. Why don't I put my social security number there, too, and a list of my greatest fears? (laughs) Well, one of my greatest fears is bees, because I don't want to get Macaulay Culkin and my girl, just like Amy did in this dark room. Murder by dark room wasps is um, very novel. You got to give this girl points for creativity, for sure. She locks the, the lock and... Uh, blocks the vent that's gonna keep all the like get all the gross chemicals out and bring in fresh air and i was like oh are you gonna kill her via dark room chemicals no she has brought the wasps and she is pumping them in through the fucking vents and they are flying in straight into her face mouth full-on candy man is happening mm -hmm. to this lady inside this room and the funniest shit to me is in the next scene when Adrian goes to talk to Nick. She's like, I don't want to bug you. Oh, my and I'm God. Like, bugs. Yes. <laughs> yes. She's so good at this because there's another time when she's talking to Cheyenne and she's like, aren't you going to tell me to break a leg right before the competition starts? Like this girl, she's good at this. She's she's a crafty bitch. And like once we get into this part, like this whole end is just so horror movie. And oh, I love yeah. It. Like, she honestly is such a good villain. Like, yeah. Alicia Silverstone kind of kills this role. Like, as oh. creepy and as, like, icky as this movie makes me feel, she's, she's doing, doing a great job. job. Yeah. So good that she won two MTV Movie Awards for this film in 1993. Oh, well, I'm best assuming... Best actress, best villain. Yeah, nice. Uh, And this was her first, this was her first role, right? Like, this was... yeah. Says and introducing Alicia yeah. Silverstone in the credits. 
Yeah, so uh, she's at her big horsey competition, and she's scanning the crowd after uh, lying to to Cheyenne about how, like, uh, she and Carrie are so close now. You know, they're definitely going to do each other, and he's definitely going to be here at the competition. And then he's not. So she leaves the competition to go to his fancy fundraiser for his boss, she fucking storms in and just slaps motherfucker. And it is loud. I wish anything this exciting ever happened at my job where just like a child comes in and starts screaming at somebody and is like, this is my boyfriend. And everybody's like, what the fuck fuck is happening? Yeah, and then he very unwisely takes her out of the room of the crowded room of people and starts like witnesses, my friends. You need witnesses. those witnesses so much, but he does not ever think of this. And so like she's trying to kiss him, right? And he's pushing her off and she's screaming. And everyone in the other room can hear this 14-year-old girl screaming bloody murder. And of course they're going to think you're... But he's not fucking smart enough to just stop doing this. Great detective, terrible writer, and just an overall dimwit. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He's he's pretty, but there ain't much going on up top. No, there is not. So he finally is like, I'm going to go move into my new apartment. He gets there. Uh, Mrs. Tinkerman is like, get out. I hear you're a drug dealer, you son of a bitch. Get off my property. And he's like, no, Mrs. Tinkerman, I've got to live here. She's lying to you. And when the door opens, it's Mrs. Tinkerman's son. His nips are rock hard and he's <laughs> ready to beat ass. Well, you came and threatened his mother, so I understand. It was either cold in that house or like the excitement of an ass beating just like just was jetting those things out of his shirts. So he goes home. He starts getting arrested. He drives up and there are cops and he has the audacity to be like, why are you here? What's going on? Oh, I don't know. Maybe everyone at a fundraiser just heard a girl screaming after you took her away from the rest of the group. I don't know. But that's not what happened. What happened is Adrian, at some point, goes home and beats the shit out of herself, yep. steals a condom from his trash, yep. and puts the semen inside of her. Yep, yep, yep. Um, icky, and this icky, was yuck. where it got really difficult for me to watch. Like, I, I just, it made me physically uncomfortable how many bad decisions were compounding on top of bad decisions. And, like... It oh it's it's really really anxiety inducing, and I was like, it's nineteen ninety three. Do you have DNA tests? And then it's like, it's your blood type. And I was like, oh no. And then he's like, <laughs> you must have stolen a condom. And I'm like, nobody's gonna fucking believe that, you psycho. What I love is they're putting him in the re- in the cop car. I finally got to shout, and it almost happened. Where I'm like. Red Foreman beat his ass. Oh, yeah. He launches himself because they're like carrying like, you know, put a blanket around Alicia Silverstone and they're like leading her into a a cop car gently. And he locks eyes with Carrie Elwes and he just 
fucking launches himself to go beat the shit out of Carrie Elwes. And like, who the fuck's going to blame him? The rest of the timeline at the end of this movie is a little bit confusing. So he does get let go. Like basically his boss ends up telling him like, get the you fuck out of town. gotta get the fuck out of here. You're embarrassing me. Uh, but the family is leaving. You got tonight to go get your shit and get the hell out of this house and get out of town. He goes, he's getting his shit. Cheyenne shows up all beat up and shit too. And, and I'm, I'm just like, stop hanging out with 14 year old girls. Get new friends. And he's like, I did. They killed her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. And then Cheyenne's like, oh, yeah. Um, she's done this before with a camp counselor. And that guy died mysteriously. And you're like, oh, no. Th- that is what officially escalates the movie from like, she is like lovesick and confused and like mate like to like oh no this is a pattern of behavior this is she is a serial killer at this point cheyenne disappears he has to go back in the house because he and i don't even know why because i was screaming the whole time like don't go in the house don't stop adrian and and nick get in a fight she shoves him over the railing of the stairs he falls down they battle a little further she goes back into the attic and at this point red foreman's home he's banging on the door but nick still follows her into the attic where we see cheyenne duct taped to the carousel chekhov's carousel pays off (laughs) and yes carousel i know and so like they're still battling it out um and you know he's trying to get cheyenne free he's trying to knock it beat to death by um by alicia silverstone (laughs) and then her dad comes in and of course she's like on the ground with carrie on top of her and she's screaming (laughs) daddy help me daddy help me and so he real comedy of errors is happening oh absolutely he like tackles uh carrie off of her and is like cold choking him and like holding his head, like trying to push his head into the moving carousel, like so that it will, I don't know, murder him via carousel. And that's when she screams, leave him alone and beats up her own dad. Carrie always gets up. She comes at him with the stick now that she was just beating her father with. Yeah. And in a Who is series... knocked out now. He's totally yeah. like, out. And in a series of two beautiful moves, mm. he's just like, does a combo takedown where he goes, take stick, and then in slow motion, punches Alicia Silverstone in the face so hard mm-hmm. that she flies 15, 15 feet across feet the room. at least. Absolutely. It is incredible. The whole movie might be worth it just to see like that That incredible punch. Like Carrie always punched Alicia Silverstone so that down the road, Nicolas Cage could beat Mm. the shit out of Lily Sobieski Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. in Wicker Man. Like this was a walk so they can run situation. Absolutely. And 
this whole end, like even if you were cringing the whole movie, this like two minute payoff makes the whole 88 minutes you sat through this movie absolutely worth it. Like I it like is this is an ending. I'm in tears. Ride. <laughs> like Alicia Silverstone's being so fucking crazy. Her friend's duct tape. She's beating up Red Foreman. He's beating up Red the, Foreman. He's the, beating up her. The fact that she doesn't even know half the time whether to scream like daddy kill him or daddy leave him alone is incredible. Long story short, she ends up in an insane asylum. Yep, yep. She's writing Nick letters. She I do not know why they the let I do not know why they let her send so much mail. Surely they would recognize that that many letters is harassment. If you can't send 40 letters to an adult that you're trying to have sex with, how else are you going to get your Batman villain villain origin story? That is a really good point, Garrett. She's trapped in Arkham trying to fuck her doctor now. Yep. And just, it is... It's a very horror movie-esque because it's like, the monster's not really dead. She's got this guy's picture stolen now. Where I started with the erotic thriller project was ranking them. And on paper, this movie should be low. But damn, this movie's a ride. (laughs) This movie is a trip. The performance is good enough to make it worth watching. But the insanity of this story and just knowing that the writer director claims this movie happened to him. However, Kit. this is a problem. Our ranking oh system is broken for these movies. Absolutely. Because there's any movie like this, Poison Ivy, any of like these Lolita type movies. Yeah. Because one, was I aroused? Zero. Oh, I put Zero. 0.5 for Carrie's butt. That's, that's okay. Yes, I was a little aroused because he's so fucking handsome in this he movie. He is really cute. That was the thing. I had to give it at least half a point because he's really, he's handsome and you get to see a little butt. Um, otherwise, no, like there's nothing sexy about it. No, my penis went back into itself. It retracted inside mm-hmm. of my body mm-hmm. most of this movie. Uh, so no, it ranks low there. But here's, was it thrilling? Oh, absolutely. I gave it four and a half out of five. Yeah. He makes so many mistakes early on and it yeah. escalates so big. That yes. the, it, it is a it is like going up a step ladder of like thrills. Absolutely. Uh, it escalates at a nice pace, too. Um, I think the, the number of times I wrote Carrie no really escalates uh, across the page. And um at the same time, like, you're gonna feel a little icky watching it because, you know, it's sexualizing an underage girl, and you know that this is a narrative that actual perverts tell themselves to justify the bad shit they do. Like, oh, she was really into me. She really wanted it. She seems so adult for her age. Oh, what's this? Now everybody's mad at me because I kissed her at the lighthouse? Right? Like, this is this is weird. And it makes me feel weird. I'm looking up to see what the um, what Alan Shapiro, the writer-director, looked like. Is he as cute as Carrie Elwes? Th- is this really him? No. <laughs> this can't. This can't be. If this guy... Oh, my God. Kit, I'm about to show you this picture 
of Alan Shapiro, which keep in mind, the only movie this dude wrote and directed after this was the live action flipper movie with Paul Hogan. You're joking. So, oh, gross. Oh, God. Oh, no. This is the face of a man. Like, I don't want to shame somebody for their looks, but he's guilty. (laughs) Guilty. A hundred percent. There's no way she was. Listen, I believe that someone would like a 14 year old be obsessed if Carrie Elwes was living in their guest house. No one's going to be obsessed with that asshole if he's living in your guest house. Not happening. That being said. If she really was a horse girl, <laughs> who knows? All she bets could be are off. capable of anything. <laughs> so, yeah, overall, this okay. movie. Wait, we still rank- have to do our, our wood, wood ruin yeah. life scale okay so on the wood ruin life scale zero out of five would not ruin my life for alicia silverstone like love her she's doing a great job not not even close though she does look too young like it's it's you know she She literally is she literally is and she looks it like it's not like some movies where like you said they're having a 20 year old play her and it's like well yeah of course i'm attracted to her she's actually 20 no she looks young because she is would not ruin my life carrie uh would you like honestly uh, he's three out of five but he's pretty yeah three out of five would ruin life because he's dumb and he's a bad writer but he's really cute so yeah three out of five yeah, you're just you're going to end up in some bad situations. And Amy, who does live at the end of the, the movie overall, like maybe ruin my life for Amy a little bit. Yeah, like three and a half out of five. She's cute. I think this is this one really is a hard one to rank because it goes negative, honestly, into the eroticism for mm-hmm. me. But that being said, it is a good erotic thriller. Yes. I mean, like it's a, it's a specific. Movie. It's a specific kind that more acts as a cautionary tale than it you know, does like something to get you this, going. If this movie stopped even one grown man from hitting on a 14-year-old girl, then it, it has done a service for humanity, right? Carrie always sacrificed his career doing the big work to make sure none of you sick sex pest perverts out there get any ideas. Yeah, in the same way that people saw Fatal Attraction and were like, oh, no, I guess I won't cheat on my wife. Like, here you go. The tale of all these movies is be careful who you fuck. Yes, because we have a lot of complicated feelings about fucking and who we fuck. So it makes sense that in the same way that every horror movie is not really about the monster, it's about like our deep underlying fears of what that monster represents, right? Like, that's a kind of applies here as well. Absolutely. Overall, I put this on the watch list. Definitely check this movie out. You can find it on Tubi, wherever. I will say It is going to be worth your time. I recommend it with a caveat. Like, if you're the type of person, like, my mom cannot watch, like, wrong man movies it makes her far too anxious she just can't handle it so she will walk out um so if that's a like a thing that's gonna particularly upset you first of all most erotic thrillers are probably gonna be too hard for you and i'm sorry for that 
but like just go into this and you're one not and- in the fucking club <laughs> you're sorry you gotta leave the club you're out you gotta push through it you got like this is an exercise in endurance of putting up with that anxiety to get to the carousel punch. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. We'll be back next week talking something else sexy. Uh, Give us a follow on Instagram at Erotic Thriller Club. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, hit up our inbox at uh, eroticthrillerclub at gmail.com. I'm at Gartet on Instagram. I'm at Ann Caboodle on Instagram. Everyone. Thank you. We love you. We want to shake you naked and eat you alive.